Good morning church. Uh, sorry we can't be with you today um, and not exactly the way I wanted to bring today's message to you but um, current requirements um, I mean that this is the way that we need to do things at least for this weekend. Um, today I want to continue with our series on the half truth and last week we spoke about the idea that half a truth is actually a full lie and and how lies are damaging and and painful for us if we allow them to dictate our lives and so today i want to sort of pick up and and really focus on this idea that half truths are, are for our lives and and what half truths that we do we hold on to it and as we live life as we look forward to life that we pursue in life um, so I just wanted to go back to the clip that you've just watched, um, um, just to sort of set the context um, for this conversation. Um, for those who are not aware, um, this is um, from the Star Wars, original Star Wars trilogy, but in, in the second movie, Empire Strikes Back, as Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader are fighting, Darth Vader reveals to Luke that he is his father. Up until that time, Luke had thought that Darth Vader had killed his father and therefore was actually angry towards Darth Vader and, and all those things. But what we see that um, is that, that, I suppose, realisation of that truth. And so we saw in that clip, um, basically, Obi-Wan Kenobi is, is sharing, um, um, I suppose, his viewpoint and how he got away with, um, I suppose, sharing the truth from a certain point of view. Um, and then Obi-Wan Kenobi then justifies his position by saying this line, many of the truths that we cling to depend greatly on our own point of view. It's a great line um, because I think many people actually hang on to that as a point of philosophy is that we spoke last week about the idea of my truth and having subjective truth and truth that is defined by me and that idea very much fits in with that what Obi-Wan Kenobi said because basically the truths are based on our perspective, our experiences, our values, um, our desires, our wants, our goals and all of a sudden what is true then is becomes very different for for everyone. Um, and so, yeah, I believe many in the world adopt this philosophy. I remember years ago attending a youth camp and the slogan for the camp was, the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. And, and, and while there is a, a brilliance in, in that slogan, outside of the context of a youth camp, outside the context of church, the problem with that statement is, what do we define as the main thing? So many of us have preconceived idea, ideas of what constitutes life. Uh, some of us have had an idea pushed on us as children, or even a reaction to how we saw life as children. So we sort of said, I, I, I had to do without so much stuff when I was, was a young person, so my kids are going to have everything they ever need. And all of a sudden that becomes, a, I suppose, a prescriptive truth for us to live out. Um, we get to the point that to live properly blank whatever that blank is needs to happen or a need to have blank to actually make life life in in the movie forrest gump a scene where he's in the hospital um basically he is dragged out of his bed by lieutenant dan who had been saved by forrest after a, a short battle in the forest uh in the jungle and in so doing uh, lieutenant dan is angry at him because 
what had happened in his life, all his, I suppose, father, grandfather, uncle, had all gone to war and they had died in war, had died in battle. And for Lieutenant Dan, for him to live life well was to die in battle. And he was upset at Forrest that he robbed him of his destiny. And so we can see how these ideas can get stuck in our heads and all of a sudden they can define what we see as successful in life or failing in life. Um, so today I want to identify a number of, 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 of the main things that seem to get pushed our way and to see if the truth of the world's perspective holds up. First of all, I want to talk about the what of life. Um, what I mean by that is what are the things that we seem to think need to be included in life to actually make us feel like life is worth living. And so, uh, again, in this, like I want to look at things like success. For life to be a full life, you need to be successful. Whatever, again, how we define successful becomes something that is is up for sort of grabs. Like, does successful mean having more than everything else? Um, does it mean having heaps of money? But then the question becomes how much? Because there are plenty of people in the world who have way more money than they'll ever need in their life, but they still desire more. It still becomes a driving force for them. Um, it might be um, having um, things, and but then the question becomes how many things, and 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 this is the thing. Like we live in a world that creates and um, designs and invents new things all the time, and so all of a sudden it creates a desire in us to say to be happy, you need that. To be happy, to to enjoy life, you need that one thing. Um, and, and the problem with that is that with this idea of success, it becomes a struggle because there's always something more. There's always something that maybe we can't do as well as someone else or, or something else that we need in our life. And so all of a sudden, this idea of success, one of the what's of life, becomes very undefined. Um, maybe it's really clearly defined in our head, but it's very undefined to actually say, this: if you have this much success, then your life is worth living. Another thing that we can look at in the what of life is relationships. Again, do we want people to love us dearly? Do we want hundreds or thousands of people to love us? Do, do we want to be popular? Do we want to be famous? Do we want to be in a position where we are able to, to like enjoy the, the closeness of good friends? Like, do we want to have a, a husband, wife that cares for us deeply? Do we want to have a great family? Do we want to have good relationships with our family? The thing is, so often or not, we, 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 we actually end up complaining about our relationships, complaining about family relationships, complaining about the kids at times. We, we end up complaining about those things that, that actually um, become, I suppose, at times, it feels like a burden to us. And so the thing that we want on one hand is something that we don't want on the other hand. And so relationships become something that's very important to life. But sometimes we pursue it at the nth degree. We want to be popular on Facebook. We want to we want to have those. We want to know the right people. We want to get in good with the boss. We want to have those, I suppose, significant relationships that will benefit, I suppose, that idea of success again when it comes to life. And so relationships become another one of those what's. Another area I want to look at is the why of life. And this, I suppose, becomes back to the area of the what is the meaning of life. What is the purpose of life? 
those two, um, I suppose the answer to those questions have been tried by so many people. And again, sometimes we answer the why of life through the what of life. My, my why in life is to be successful so that I can look after my family, so I can feel like I've done the job that I'm meant to do. I can feel like I'm, I've, I've finished on, 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 as a winner and not a loser. I feel like I'm successful and not a failure. That can become a why. Some of our whys are to care for other people. Some of our whys are to, to accumulate things. And so the thing is, purpose becomes one of these things that, again, is widely defined in different ways by so many different people. I suppose the why of life also includes the idea of enjoying life, the idea of pleasure, the idea of fun, the idea of having joy in our lives. This is an important thing also. But again, how do we actually measure that in a truthful way? How do we measure that saying, this is what I need and no more? Because again, we end up getting to a point where often we want more of the enjoyment. We want more, and again, it goes back to the what, because if I have that thing, if I do that thing, if I'm able to afford that thing, I'm able to enjoy life more. That's some of the things that are told to us over and over again. Um, another part of the why of life comes back to, and we'll probably look at this a little bit more next week, but the idea of importance and significance. Who, who here today wants to feel important? We, we all do. We, we don't want to be dismissed and, and not valued in some way. We, we want to know that we, we are significant. But again, the way that we pursue that is, is, is quite varied probably even amongst everyone here, how we pursue significance, how we pursue importance, how we would define that to each other becomes something that is really up for grabs. And so that becomes the why of life. I also want to look at the how of life. Now, the how of life is actually one of those things that depending on how much focus you put on the whys and the whats of life can really change the way that you do the hows. If, if success drives your life, if success is something or providing for your family drives your life, you will be willing to work long hours. You'll be willing to work overtime. You'll be willing to get ahead any way that you can so that you can achieve that goal. I want to show you a clip right now from a movie called The Emperor's Club. And in this clip, um, basically the scene picks up straight after a quiz of um, these students who have graduated, have, have moved out of school, but have come back to, to have this special Emperor Julius Caesar quiz, I think it is. Anyway, uh, one of the characters was basically cheating. And he's actually currently running for um, the US Senate. And so basically we're going to pick up that conversation right now. You see in that clip, the the student basically went, it doesn't matter what principles you have, I want to get ahead in life. It doesn't matter how I act, it doesn't matter if I cheat, it doesn't matter if I'm sneaky or deceptive, I want to get ahead because success becomes the most important thing. But at the end of the clip, you see as his son comes out of the toilet and has heard this full conversation, all of a sudden, he has lost respect for his father. And you can see the concern on his face because all of a sudden the how I live life does become important as well. 
Now, again, we get to the point where we are, we often will convince ourselves that the how is, is justifiable so that we can get the what and the why in our lives. But this is where I want to shift our thinking a bit today. Because we've been talking about half-truths, we've been talking about half-truths about life. And today I want to um, talk about, go back to the verse that was read at the beginning. Um, just picking up 1 John 5, 11, 12. This is the testimony in essence. God gave us eternal life. The life is in his Son. So whoever has the Son has life. Whoever rejects the Son rejects life. Now, as I read those words these past weeks, one of the things that really grabbed me was that these words can be a really hard pill to swallow at times because it provides such a narrow path to the full life that God's promised. Now, I'm not saying that you don't have life if you're not following God. I'm just saying you don't have the full life that God wants and ultimately you will reject the fullness of life that God has for you. God has something more for us. And this becomes a dynamic shift to what the world talks about all the time when it comes to life. The world will say, pursue this, get this, do that, be friends with this person. That, that is when you'll know that you are truly living life. And the Bible actually, again, it comes back to that idea time and time again, where whoever um, has the son has life. Whoever rejects the son rejects life. And, and that, that truth is, is basically um, is really important for us to grab a hold of. Because some of the half-truths about life that we need to take into account is, firstly, the thing that I'm pursuing in my life will bring me meaning, accomplishment, and joy. If we are pursuing things outside of Jesus, we, the half-truth is that those things, whatever they are, and for you, it could be promoted at work. For you, it could be um, attaining more things. For you, it could be having more fun. For you, it could be being more popular at school. Whatever it is, if that's your pursuit, if that becomes your main focus, basically the world says that those things, the pursuit of those things will bring you joy. That's a half-truth when we look at those verses from 1 John. And I suppose that the second half-truth builds on that idea is that I can find a full life outside of Jesus. That's, that's not even a half-truth. That's a, a full, full life. We, we, we can't get a full life outside of Jesus. And so we need to understand that it, all of a sudden that we need to come and be a part of what God is wanting to do in our lives. And in fact, we've got to realize that, again, it's not about following the rules of God. It's not about coming to church. It's not about that. It's understanding the life that God wants to give us and having him as our focal point. You see, John 10.10 10 says, A thief comes only to steal, steal and kill and destroy. And I've come that you may have life and have it to the full. See, in, in, in Jesus' heart, his desire for us is that we would understand and that we would experience the fullness of life that he has for us. You see, that's the heart's desire of Jesus, is for us to know the fullness of life. 
And here we are, we are pursuing every other thing under the sun at times to find the fullness of life and leaving Jesus sort of behind or ignoring Jesus altogether. And Jesus is saying quite clearly to us, if you want to know the fullness of life, you need to come to me. I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. If you go looking elsewhere, you won't find the life that you want. But here I am ready to give it to you. Now, this becomes an important uh, idea because all of a sudden we looked at the whys, we looked at the whats, and we looked at the hows. And, and the thing is, all of a sudden when we get to the point where we go, do you know what? I'm going to make Jesus that focal point of my life. I'm going to make Jesus what I pursue. All those other things, they begin to line up in a way that actually gives us fullness of life. We don't stop having whats in our life. We may get a great job. We might have a great family. We may overcome struggles in our life. We may sort of um, have rest in, in God and enjoy times away with friends and family. We, we, all of a sudden, we begin to understand the whys a lot more. And all of a sudden, that gives us peace. It gives us hope. It gives us joy. It gives us the ability to rest in God. And because all of a sudden, the whys are lining up with who Jesus is. But it also actually gets to the point where it... It will dictate our hows. And so just in that clip that you saw before, the, the, the father, as he saw his son's disappointment, all of a sudden he's realized how I've done this wasn't worth it. Yes, I got success. I've got promoted. I've got recognized. But my son no longer respects me. And so the how becomes really important. I've been thinking about that this week. Um, I was listening to something earlier in the week, and, and um, the point was made that little things matter. Whether little things are little good things or little bad things. Little things that you do that are good for your life will actually build up in your life. And little bad things, like I'm going to have um, one block of chocolate a day. You may not see the result of that in the first two days or three days. But you do that for a month, you do that for a year. All of a sudden, those little things that you do each day make an impact. Let me put it to you this way. Imagine that you were walking in a straight line and you decided to veer um, one centimetre every step. Now, to begin with, you won't really see much of a difference. Even after 10 steps, maybe even after 100 steps, you won't see much of a difference as one step at a time adds a, a, a sort of a, a misalignment of one centimetre. But as you walk a kilometre, as you walk a... A 10 kilometers as you walk a thousand kilometers all of a sudden where you were meant to be is nowhere in sight anymore you are thousands of centimeters away from where you should be and it's the same way in life is that if we want the things of God if we want to understand the whys of God and, and have the what's that God wants for us there is a how that we need to follow and that becomes really important. We can't pursue, we can't pursue God's ways and God's things and, and, and have all those things without doing it God's way. And Matthew 7, 13 and 14 picks this up. It says, enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many, many enter in through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life. And only a few find it. So all of a sudden, God is saying, there is a way to follow me. There is a way that will actually put you in a place that will 
because again we go back we connect the verse before which talks about having the full life that God wants for us to have that full life we do need to walk in the way that Jesus wants for us and that comes to having that relationship with him that is so important it's just so important for those who, who, who come to church all the time. It's so important for anyone who might be listening to this today or, or at another time that all of a sudden you, you, you realize that, you know what, there is something more than what I'm pursuing in life. There is something more that I need to grab a hold of, and it is knowing Jesus Christ and the life that he has for you. And I think this is the thing. We, we, all of a sudden we get caught up in meaning and purpose when we actually come into relationship with God because He is the one who created us. He is the one who made us. He knows what we were made for. And so all of a sudden we are able to get to a point where we can actually acknowledge His direction and His guidance. And all of a sudden, even though we may be doing things vastly different to what God wanted us to begin with, we are actually getting to the point where life is actually meaning a whole lot more. Early in the service, you watched that the clip about Felix the donkey and how Felix sort of played a major part in, in bringing Jesus into Jerusalem on that Palm Sunday. But towards the end of the clip, you see the husband sort of go to his wife saying, I'm so proud of her because she said yes to Jesus. And saying yes to Jesus becomes an important thing in actually acknowledging the purpose that we have in life and acknowledging the truth that Jesus has for us in life. And so that becomes something that we need to grab a hold of and, and to, to, I suppose, become a guiding point for us in our lives. Jesus actually said these words as well. I'm going to look at these a little bit later um, in a couple of weeks' time again. But he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He actually says, I'm the one that will take you where you need to go, the road that you need to take. I'm the truth. I, I, I will actually, the truth will set you free. The truth will actually open up your life. And I'm the life. So going back to that verse we, we read earlier, this is the testimony in essence. God gave us eternal life. The life is in his son. So whoever has the son has life. Whoever rejects the son rejects life and today if you are choosing something other than Jesus to find the full truth the fullness of life I will tell you this you will never get there it may bring you momentary joy it might bring you something that you feel for a while but it, you will never get to the fullness of joy that Jesus wants to give you he is the one that we find life in and that is the truth that the Bible expresses to us over and over again and so today I pray that you will take that on board, that there's this truth that you will hold on to to say that I want to live to the fullness. I don't want to live a half-life. I don't want to live a, a lie of a life. I want to live a truthful life that is found in Jesus Christ. Let's just pray. Lord, we just want to thank you for today and, and the opportunity to gather together. We pray for those who are not present. Again, uh, be healing them, uh, restoring them. Um, but Lord, we do want to pray that we would learn to live out the fullness of life, the, the truthfulness of your full life by putting you number one and actually coming to you to receive the eternal life you have and not pursuing other things to fill those gaps in our life, to give us meaning, to give us purpose, 
to give us, I suppose, the, the what's and the how's of, of living our life. We actually look to you to see how that happens. And so, Lord, help us today to make that choice in following you and knowing the full life that you have for us. We pray this in your name. Amen. Amen.